Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Tuesday mornings live at 11.30 with First Seder Bis Medrash, firstseder.org. Check it out, get involved, become a part of it. Wonderful, wonderful program. Shurim, video conferencing, recordings, unbelievable learning. So, check it out. A uh, special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners. Uh, Baz Hashem be joining the Shir. This series of Shurim has been sponsored by Rebitzik Saflis, Bottom Line Marketing Group, as a schus for his family and as a schus for all of our listeners. So today, I really had, as you'll see in a moment, I have to get a, give a little introduction of who we're talking about today and why we're talking about him. It's not a gadol necessarily that uh, I would say would have been on our regular scheduled programming. And in fact, the truth is that I was actually preparing a different gadol. Um, I was actually preparing a different gadol. And... Um, then uh, more um, in line with what we were um, what we were talking about uh, before Yantif. I just want to say another thing that today is the first shear after Shavuos, and that means this is the three-year anniversary of the life and Torah of our leaders with First Seder Bismajish. We began June fourth of twenty twenty, which I think was Yud Bey Sivan. So right after Shavuos, during the COVID season. So Baruch Hashem, this is a three-year anniversary of this year. And a Yashikayach to all our listeners from First Seder Bis Madrash. And of course, Yedidi Raburi, who runs this wonderful program and giving me this opportunity. Over a hundred G'daylim have we, we've learned about and uh, Bez Hashem, many more. So I was, as I was saying, I was preparing a different Gadol the Tiferes Yaakov, who was in Varsha, which worked together with the Maral Tzins, the Chem de Shloimai, and Bez Hashem will probably get to him next week. But the, a, a, a series of Ashkacha Pratis um, encouraged me to change the Shir for this week. So we have to go back a few steps. The first time I was Zaycha to be in Europe, going to Lithuania and other places with Reb Ruven Dessler and his family in the year 2016. And um, we were, I was there in Vilna for the first time in the Beis Akvaris. And of course, there's the cover of the Vilna Gain, and in that ayel is Avram ben Avram. And further in is the cover of Reb Chaim Oizer, moved over from the, both of those kvarim, moved over from different cemeteries to the new cemetery. And then he showed us a kever a few rows in front of Reb Chaim Eiser, and the matseva is the matseva of a yid named Reb Chaim Yitzchak Silman. Reb Chaim Yitzchak Silman, it says in his matseva, was the rav of a city called Yanov. I have a picture of the matseva here. It's hard to see, but you can see this matseva. And on this matseva, it says a fascinating thing. It says that he was a nar shaitev. He was a raging river. Bishas Bavli Yershami Safra Sifri Rishainim Vachroinim Raidev Stakov Chesed and a few other things. And he was Nifter Yud Gimel Sivan in the year Tafre Sadi 1930. Now that's a pretty uh uh a list to put on a Matseva. Bavli Yershami Safra Sifri Rishainim Vachroinim, that's like Kalatairakula. Who he was? I, I'm not aware that anyone was was aware who he was. Where he, we know he was the run of Rav of Yanov, but there wasn't much information about him, and it always uh, bothered me. And I uh, was always wondering if there's, you know, how we could find out about this Rav. 
Again, I was there again in 2019 with my Olam. Again, we went to the Kever. I was there again with Rabbi Tzaksafelis in Vilna with Dirshu last year. And that was a little bit harder. It was 11.30, a quarter to 12 at night. It was pitch black. It was snowing like crazy. They had big lights set up. Dirshu we had by the Vilna Gain's Kever, by Rabbi Chaim Eiser's Kever, but the rest of the place, and on the, and on the path, but the rest of the place was pretty dark. And it was all the matzevas were full of snow. But I, I, I made an effort using my memory and trying to figure out where the kever was. How could I be here with a big island and not go to this kever of this guy that no one seems to know about? So Baruch Hashem, I was able to find the kever. And I brought over on Halas Dirshu, Rabbi Hofstadter and his entourage. As they were coming back from Chaim Oizer, I brought them over there. And actually the Dirshu photographer captured a picture of me with an umbrella and snow pointing my camera uh, flashlight on the Matseva, as this group said to him there at the Matseva, Rabbi Tzaksafelis sent me the picture as he uh, combed through thousands and thousands of pictures from that Shabbos. But still it bothered me. Who was this guy? Last week a friend of mine, Rabbi Verm Rosenberg, who was um, with me in Dirshu also last year, told me he was on a trip in Europe and he's going to Vilna on Tuesday. So I said, listen, there's this Reb Yitzchak, this Reb Chaim Yitzchak Silman. His 93rd yard site is this Friday. I think it's a, like a bit of a mace mitzvah. I, I don't know anyone, anything about him. But if you're going there, please go say a kapitel tilim at his kever. And last Tuesday he was there and he said a kapitel tilim at the kever of Reb Silman. So last week on my Meshachach Mashir, I dedicated to Rav Silman. His yard site was Friday, Yud Gimel Sivan. And I said, if anybody knows anything about him, please let me know. I also posted it in a few places. And I've looked on, online, Googled it, his name. A little blurb comes up here, but nothing that led me to anywhere um, substantial. I've looked on Eitzra Chachma for his name. Couldn't find anything. Lamaisa, once I put it out in the public... Um, someone, you know, it's all Ashkacha Pratis, Megaglin, Zakai. Someone else did a Google search and he found another blurb about him. But in that blurb, he, it says that he, his title was printed in a Sefer. Um, it was printed in a Sefer called Zera Yitzchak. So now I already have an address. So I looked in the, in the Eitzra Chachma, I found the Sefer Zera Yitzchak. And the reason I couldn't find it the first time around was because on his Matseva, Silman is spelled with a Samach. In his name, he spelled it with a Sin or Shin, or a Sin, but it was a Sin, Silman. So that's how it is in the Sefer, and that's why it didn't come up. So from there, I got, I, I, I have the Sefer now, and in the front of the Sefer is a short Taldus, a short biography in his Sefer um, about him. And this biography was written by Rabbi Yosef Zusmanowitz. Rabbi Yosef Zusmanowitz was a big guy. He was the son-in-law of Ramosha Mordecha Epstein, the Slabodka Rosh Hashiva. After Ramosha Mordecha went to Yisrael, um, he became the Rav in Slabodka, and then eventually he became the Rav in a city called Vilkamir, and that is uh, near Vilna, and he was killed in the Holocaust together with the, uh, with the, with the uh, inhabitants of Vilkamir. And it seems he was close with this Rav Silman, and he wrote a short Toldus. At the same time also there's a short Hakdama from Rav Silman's brother. So this is what I found out on Friday morning. And in the Taldus there it says that he died at a young, young age. I think he was about in his 50s. And um, he didn't leave over any children. He didn't leave over any children. So I posted that as well. So many people, I shouldn't say many people, a few people lit candles. Lila Nishmasai, I was able to say Kaddish Lila Nishmasai. And, um, and uh, so I said to myself, 
even though, as we'll see, the Taldus is not very extensive, even though this uh, Hakdama, this preface, is extensive, uh, the Taldus is not extensive, but how could I not um, say over who he was and a little bit of his Torah? Now I found, again, once I was led to one place or next, I found also a little, another few paragraphs that seemed to me were mostly taken from a translation from the Hakdama. There were some details there that I didn't see in the Hakdama, but it was translated and it was printed in a book about Lithuanian rabbis that I found online in 1967. And this entry um, was written by two sisters. One was Sarah Pinto and Mino Markusevich in Tel Aviv. Uh, again, this was printed in Tel Aviv 1967. And their maiden name was Silman. So I'm assuming they were nieces of Rev Silman, and that's why they wrote about him. I don't know if there's anyone else out there who knows who he is, related to him. It would be wonderful if um, from this year there could be some piersum to this great Talmud Chacham, as we'll see. So let's talk about Rev Chaim Yitzchak Silman, whose yard site, 93rd yard site, was Friday Yud Gimel Siva, and he was nifter in the year 1930. His brother writes, Ben Harav Hagain Atzadik. His father's name was, and he calls him Harav Hagain Atzadik, Reb Moishi Yechiel Ben Reb Shmuel Now that was another Chiddush, because on the Matzeva, it just says Ben Harav Moishe, but his father's name was actually Moishi Yechiel. Um, from one of those entries online, I saw that he was born in the year 1877, Tafresh I didn't see that in Akdam anywhere, in a city called Zhezmer. Zhezmer, now they call it Zhezmeri in Lithuania. And it's between Vilna and Kavna, a little bit closer to uh, Kavna. Um, now, the Rev Zusmanowitz, when he writes in the Hakdama, uh, the Taldus about him, he says, Nar, when he was young, Nikar by Kishrain, he saw that he had a lot of talent. Um, he was way above any one of his age. And he brings a story there, and he says in a very hush of a city, he doesn't say which city it was, but a certain city, um, a new Rav became the Rav, he was a Gain, he was a Gadol, he was Mephorsam. He was a great and uh, well-known, respected Rav, became the Rav in this city. So you see clearly here, he didn't want to give the details of which city and which Rav it was. And one of the uh, people in the city, one of the Balabatim, who was also um, great in Torah, when they had the Kabbalah's Panim for the Rav, when they, when they welcomed him to the city. So this, uh, this fellow asked a very uh, tough question in Mesech Tebavakama. He asked it to the Rav. And the Rav tried very hard, and he couldn't figure out a Tarets. He could not figure out an answer. And then all of a sudden they said, this little boy, short in stature, um, came up with a Tarets, and he shouted out an unbelievable Tarets. And everybody said, who is this uh, wonder child who said this, this, this tarets? And they saw that it was this young child, Chaim Yitzchak, from Zhezmer. Obviously, so it must have been one of the cities around uh, Zhezmer. And this is who he was. Now, his brother relates, his brother was three years older than him. He was 11 and his brother was 14. Um, his brother's name was Rebelezer Aaron. And they were learning, his brother relates, that they were learning by their father. And that seems to be his primary Rebbe was his father. And his father told them one time, I want to show you a marshal in Mesech Shabbos. The marshal is in the back of the Gemara. We've had a shear a long time ago about the marshal, um, the back of the Gemara under the marshal, Daflamid Amid Beis. And on Daflamid Amid Beis, the Gemara says over there, Amar Rav Gidol, Amar Rav, Rav Gidol said in the name of Rav, Kol Tamid Chochem Sheyoshev Lifnei Rabbi. 
any scholar who's sitting in front of his teacher. And his lips are not dripping with bitterness. Rashi says that's like from fear. He's not trembling in fear. He should be singed and burnt. Shenemar says the Gemara Apostle in Shehashirim, Perakei, Siv Soisav Sheishanim. The little translation is his lips are like roses. Noitvais Mar Iver. They're dripping from this flowing Mar is a certain um, like perfume and a good smelling thing. So the Gemara says, Al Tikri. Don't read it as Mar Iver, rather Elamar Iver. Don't read it as Mar with an I that it means a perfume, read it as mar, as bitterness. And don't read it as shayshanim, as roses, read it as sheshanim, sheshanim that they are teaching or learning. So one who is learning has to be mar over, he has to have this bitterness flowing from him. So that is the Gemara's Lashem. So the Mashal asked the question, all you see in this Pasuk is, according to the way the Gemara tells you how to read it, all you see is that um, you should be sitting there in fear. But where does it you see that if you are not in fear, you'll be singed and burnt? Tichvena, says the Gemara. Where do you see that in the Pasuk? That's what he asks. Va'amin, and he says, and I will say, it relied on the end of the Pasuk that continues Yadav Galile Zahav. His arms are like rolls of gold, filled with this precious uh, stone, etc. And one who understands will understand. And the father said to them, Try to figure that out. Many scholars are tried to figure out where do you see at the end of the Pasuk, Yodav Glilezov, Mimuloim Batarshish, where do you see anything about being singed? What does the Marshal mean? And the Marshal obviously means something that is uh, cryptic and secret because he said this words, Vamevin Yavin, that's usually used when we're talking about deep secrets. So he says, Myself and my brother looked at it. And after a half an hour, my brother said, Reb Chaim Yitzchak said, I have an explanation in this. In this uh, marshal, why? He says the Gemara in Ksubis tells us that the Gemara says that after the Beis Hamikdash, the Bezdin, the High Court, does not kill anyone anymore. There's no Misas Bezdin, but even though there's no Misas Bezdin, if someone is um, is high of Misas Bezdin, however, Hakadosh Baruch Hu sends natural things to occur in their place. If someone um, um, uh, Chalila is high of Skila. So fall off a building. If someone is chay of sreifa, he's chay of the misa being burnt, says the Gemara, a, a, um, a snake will bite him and the venom is like burning him up and that is the kiyom of sreifa. So he says, you know, when the marshal said the somach ha-seifa dekra, that you look at the end of the Pasuk, he didn't only mean the words at the end of the Pasuk. He meant the end of the words at the end of the Pasuk. Why? Because the last letter in the words Yadav Glile Zav Mimuloim Batarshish, the last letters is Vav Yud Beis Mem Shin, is the gematria 358, which is the gematria of Nachash. So therefore, that's a remez that Nachash is a way of being burnt. That's what we just said from the other Gemara. So when the Gemara wants to bring a raya, that someone whose lips are not dripping with bitterness, meaning he's not trembling in front of his Rebbe, he'll be singed, says the Marshal that the Gemara meant 
look at the end of the end of the Pasuk, which is the Gematria snake. A snake burns. Burns is, a, is like Shrefa. And that is the way the Gemara knew that um, Tichvena he'll be singed. Yavin said the Marshal. And when his father heard this Pshat from this 11-year-old boy, he was astounded. And he says, I have a Bechar Satan. Bechar Satan, Rashi Mesech Tivamas Tazav Zayin. Rashi says it means, is a term referred to someone who is very sharp. And that's what he said about his son um, when he came up with this Pshat in the Marshal. Now, Rabbi Yosef Zismanowitz continues, Banavi Yaseira with great humility. He shakad al Talmudai. He was very diligent from when he was young until he was in his teens, till he was a Bechar. Day and night, literally, he sat and learned. When he was of the age of 16 or 17, depending on which of the Taldas you, 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 you read, he traveled to Vilna. And in Vilna he went to, at that time there was a big guy, his name was Rameir Michal from Shat. Shat, Shat was a city. Um, uh, Shat is a city around Kaidin. Kaidin is... Uh, is um, is one of the suburbs nearby Kovna. That's where Shat is. And Rameir Michal was a rav in Shat. He was the author of a sefer called Hameir Lo'ilam, a very famous sefer. Um, he was the great uh, nephew of the Vilna Goin. His great great grandfather was a Rebbe Avram, the author of the Milas Hatayra, the brother of the Vilna Goin. So he was known as the great Litvish Rabbanim. And in fact, in Lita, they used to call him the Tzveiter Shagasarye, the second Shagasarye. That's how they referred to him in Lita. And so he heard, now after, uh, for a time, at, at the end of his life, he was one of the um, great leaders of the city of Vilna. So when he was in Vilna, Reb Chaim Yitzchak decided to go and talk to him in learning and to be by him for a little bit. And... Um, um, To be by him a little bit. Now, the, the mayor Lo'elam loved him very much and he was very, very nispal and he was very astounded by this child, this, uh, I shouldn't say a child, 16-year-old Bachar, and he learned Tyre with him for a few weeks and then it was time to go home. And he didn't ask the mayor Lo'elam to give him any type of smicha or any type of uh, paper um, testifying who he was, but on, on his own, the mayor Lo'elam decided to write for him a letter and he wrote major, major praises about him. Again, this is one of the G'day Le'elam, the second Shagazariye, writing about a Bachar, and he says, I learned with him Gemara Rashi and Taisvis, and I saw that he was a Baki Nifla Ad Ma'id. He was an unbelievable Baki. He knew so much. It's not something very common to find a Bachar who knows so much Gemara Rashi and Taisvis. Um, now, his brother writes about him, he says, he, he didn't ask, like I said, he didn't ask for this, but the Rav felt that he should give it to him because he was so astounded by this young, smart Bachar. And his brother writes about him that at the age of 18, he knew all of Shas, with Rashi, Taisvis, and all the Mepharshia Shas. At the age of 20, he got married to his wife, Chana, the daughter of Ben Siyain, he was a he seems to be a, a wealthy person in a year called in a city called Shishik. Um, it's uh, near Vilkamir. We talked about Vilkamir. It's near Vilkamir, north of Vilna. And he married his wife, and he stayed in his father-in-law's city. And he for ten years he learned there straight Basmada, very diligent until he already again as a as a bacher, he knew all of Shas. 
He then learned Shulchan Aruch, Tur Shulchan Aruch, all of the commentaries, with many of the Chuvas Svarim, the responses Svarim, with an unbelievable, unbelievable Bikios that he had. And from then on, he was already, his name became known as one of the great Rabbonim in Lithuania. Um, not only this, they describe his Midas Taivais were something special. He was uh, excelled in Midas Taivais. And even though he was great, his Anivos, his humility, his Sidkas, his righteousness, and his Yira Shemaim as well, his fear of heaven. Um, now, at that time, in the city of Yanov, Yanov is a city. Um, Yanov is a city a little bit north of Kovna, and um, at that time the rav of the city was Reb Chaim Ratzker. His name was. He had fir- first been a, in a rav somewhere else, and um, and uh, they called him Reb Chaim Ratzker. He wrote a sefer called Oirach Lechaim, and he was the rav for uh, thirty years in Yanov from the year Tafresh. Uh, Memdalin, Memdalit to Tafresh, Ayendalit, so that's 1888 till um, 1908. Um, I'm sorry, till, till 1918, I guess it is. Um, just looking at my notes here. Yeah. Um, right, so Tafresh, right, Tafresh pays 1920, so till 1918. Um, so, he wrote a sefer called Erech Lechayim. Now, it's interesting, just to put in perspective who he was in the world of, of not knowing all these Litvish Rabbanim, um, his grandson or great-grandson was Remoto Pagamansky. Remoto Pagamansky is a famous um, 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 Eloy from Lithuania. He was in Tells. He was, he was there. He was in Kovna, in the Kovna ghetto. And um, he, his mother was a granddaughter of this Rav, the Erech Lechayim. He did not grow up religious. He became a Balchuva. And um, when, he, when he was in his city, I think in uh, Tavrig, where he w- lived, um, Rebellion Lapian once came to speak in Tavrig, and Mato Pragamansky went to listen to him in the shul, and he never heard Tyra like that. He never heard Tyra like that. Um, and um, he, he had gone to university, um, again, he was a brilliant, brilliant Eloi, and he went over to Rabbi Lapian, Rabbi Lapian had come from Kelm, and he asked him, who are you? And he told him who he was, and he says, how could it be that the Yanar Varov's great-grandson should grow up to be an Amaretz? And he took him with him to Kelm, and that was the beginnings of his uh, his um, his greatness in Tyra, the uh, Ramata Pragramansky. There's a, uh, there's a book about him. Um, they called it, in English, they called it The Man Who Never Slept. I never liked that title. But um, it's a fascinating book, if you want to get it in English, to, to read about Ramalta Pagamansky. Um, so he, that's who this Reb Chaim Ratzker was. And um, he was from the great Gainim in Kla Yisrael at the time. And I guess towards the end of his life, he got sick, and he wasn't able to really um, be active in the Rabbanus. So they decided they're going to bring in someone, even though he was alive, to fill in what he wasn't able to do, and they decided to bring this young, uh, this young younger man, Reb Chaim Yitzchak, who was in um, his father-in-law's city. Now I don't know exactly what date this was. Um, I found in his drushes the earliest date that I found in his drushes um, in the city of Yanev was uh, Tafresh Ayin Aleph. Um, I'm sorry, Tafresh. I'm sorry. He was. 
uh, the, the the dates weren't working before. It was from Tafresh Memdal Tafresh Ayin Dal, which is nineteen fourteen. Nineteen fourteen um, is when he was nifter Reb Chaim Ratzka, as we'll see. So the earliest date that I found that the Reb Chaim Yitzchok was there was in Yanif Tafresh Ayin Alf, nineteen eleven. There's another earlier drasha from there from nineteen o nine, where that was said in Vilkemir. Um, so that sounds more that he wasn't yet in Yanev, perhaps. Um, so that's the earliest date. So by 1911, which is three years before Reb Chaim Ratzke was Nifter, he was for sure in Yanev already, um, acting as uh, being Mamalamakam, the, the Rav. Um, at that time, he was all of 34 years old. In Tafrei Shai like I said, in 1914, he was 37 years old, Reb Chaim Ratzke was Nifter, and at that time, the Gedolim of the time um, thought that um, it's Kedai for him, Rebitzel Panovitcher, and other Rabbanim, they pushed that he should become the Rav of Yanov, and taking over such a prestigious position at such a young age, but they felt that he was the one for this position, and from then and on, he became very famous, um, many uh, many um, people came to him for Psakim, Dine Teira, all types of Dine Teira came to him, from close and from far, he was always a right of Shalom trying to make peace amongst people who had um, a Dine Torah in front of him to make pshoras, compromises, to fix things up. Um, he would go around making collections for different things that were necessary at the time. And um, his minig was, uh, when he was working on a collection, he would go every Shabbos to a different shul and a different Beis Medrash and Davin there, and he would make the appeal very emotional appeal for whatever he was collecting for, and he also was always the first to give a very substantial donation to show that he's invested in it and he's serious in it, about it, and that's how he showed how important it was. Now one time, sometime in these years, there was a bacher in Yanev who was accused of a crime that he was not guilty of. In fact, those who were actually guilty of it, um, acu- um, you know, they cast um, the accusations on him, I saw somewhere his name was Aver Unterschwarz, was the name of this Bacher. And um, he was put in jail. And Reb Chaim was, worked very hard to get him released. He got the case to be brought to the big, the higher court in Kovna, in the main city. And Reb Chaim Yitzchak himself there went and made a Shvua, the Iraisa, that this Bacher is innocent. And from that, the Bacher was let free. But you see how hard he worked to make sure that this Bacher would not um, be accused and perhaps even be put to death for something that was not his fault. They write that when he was to travel, he did not, um, um, his, his minhagim, whatever his customs, his learning svarim at the time, at the time, whatever his shirim were, he did not uh, uh, miss anything. He kept all of his schedules. And he had another thing he did when he was on the road. He would not eat any meat or any meat products or any milk products. And uh, he was afraid because that maybe he'll come to a place where he perhaps would not trust the kashras of the uh, of the person. And perhaps the uh, person would be embarrassed and would feel bad. So if everybody knows that he doesn't eat meat, he doesn't eat milk, so no one's going to have any tightness on him. No one's going to have any, uh, any, any complaints that they don't eat in his house. 
And he says uh, many times he would be on the road for a number of weeks and all he would eat was from his little package of bread and some apples or maybe a little bit of apple spread or a little bit of uh, butter that he would bring along from him with him from his house. Whatever he brought from home is what he ate even though um, it was weeks, it could be weeks long. And the reason was just that he should not have to end up embarrassing anyone if he was not able to eat in their ha- house. They say there were years that... Um, the, his, his salary from the Rabbanis, he did not even take one pruta, one penny for himself. He would give it all away to Tzedakah. It seems that he, he, lived, he lived um, in a very impoverished way. Um, his father-in-law gave him, I guess, some type of stipend, but it was just enough to cover bare basics, and the rest of his money, his salary, he would give out to Tzedakah. In 1914, I guess a little bit after Chaim Ratzke was Nifter, uh, the First World War broke out, and um, the Russian uh, government at the time, they, uh, anytime anything happened, of course, they poured out their anger and their suspicions on the Jews of aiding the, the enemy. Now, Yanev, as we said, was near Kovna. Now, Kovna has forts around it um, that were built in the, I think, in the late 1800s. The seventh fort, the ninth fort, the Nazis used those forts for, as killing machines. Killing places, that's where Abachanan is in the 7th fort. Most of the Kovna Jews were killed in the 9th fort. And these big fortresses outside of Kovna, so that's in the, in the, in, so Yanov is near these forts, so it's considered like part of the battlefield, because if you're trying to capture Kovna, so Yanov, which is not far away, is going to be on the front of the, uh, of the, 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 uh, of the, of the battles. So because of that, so there were a lot of soldiers there, Russian soldiers, and of course, they always have, you know, Jews are always the victims at the time and do whatever you want to them. And um, again, any time there was any loss or setback, they figured the Jews are aiding the German, the enemies, the Germans. And um, it was a very uh, dangerous time. And Reb Chaim himself went to the general who was there, the Russian general, and he said, listen, I am going to be the collateral, the guarantor. If you find any Jewish person who is actually guilty of treason against the Russian government, you could take my life in his stead. And that's what it was. And, um, and um, that means every, now who knows who they're going to trust and believe. So he lived for the next while, however long it was, with this fear of maybe they're going to kill him, but to him it was worth it that no Jews, they should be, no Jews should, uh, should be hurt. And the, um, the Russian general, when he saw that, he realized things are not perhaps the way they're being portrayed. But uh, it wasn't such a simple thing for him to put himself up, but that was his Mesiris Nefesh for his Kehila. In May of 1915, in Tafresh um as the Germans were moving ahead with victories in Lita, again, all the Jews on the front were suspected of, um, of treason and being spies. So the Russians expelled them from their cities. Many, many cities in, 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 uh, in Lithuania, there was expulsion. They all had to leave. The Russians had them leave. And um, in um, April and May of that year, over 200,000 Jews were expelled from Kovna, Vilkomir, Panovich, Salant, all the different cities um, in that area. And uh, Yanov was one of those cities. And they had to just pick themselves up and leave. And he was the last one to leave the city. You know, like they say, the captain's the last one to leave the ship. He was the last one to leave the city after everybody else left. And he went to Vilna. Vilna, they were still allowed to, to be there. 
and um, many uh, there's there's recordings of um, of um, the the refugees arriving on Shavuos from different cities in Vilna and how they took care of them, and um, and uh, he stayed there until the Germans came and captured Vilna, and he was able to return to Yanev. And when they returned to Yanev, they found the city totally destroyed, all the shuls destroyed, everything destroyed, and they had to rebu- rebuild. And he worked very hard. He started rebuilding things. He started building shuls. He built a a bicker chaylim binyan, like a uh, a hospital. He made a an organization called Gmilas Chesed, and um, he also worked very hard to build a building um, which would be a school to learn Tyra. And it was called Yavna. Yavna is was actually a school system throughout Lithuania. Um, and the tells they had Yavna was boys and girls. Um, we here in Cleveland, you know, as the Tells Yeshivas here, there's Yavna High School, there was Yavna Seminary um, built by the Telsers, but that was a system of um, Limude Kaidish and Limude Chal, and it was actually in Lithuania, government recognized. Um, it was before Beis Yaakov in, in Poland. Um, there was already girls chinuch in Lithuania in the Yavna system, and boys as well, boys building as well. So he built this sh- school called Yavna in uh, Vilkamir. And uh, he used a lot of his own personal money to uh, to build these binyanim. And it says anyone who would come to Yanov would see immediately that there is no public institution in the city that doesn't have, so to speak, the mark of the Rav on it. And on his Matseva, it says, after it said the other things I read to you before, it says, Miyased Talmud Yavna, he established the Talmud of Yavna, Biker Chaylim Ugamilas Chasadim. That's what they wrote on his Matseva. Um... Now, another story they say, the people of Berlin would say that it seems he would go, to, he went to the Knesia Gedayla of Agudis Yisrael, of the Meatzis Gedayla Atayra. There were two, I guess, that were possibly for him to go to, 1923 and 1929. I don't know which one he was at. Um, but uh, they were both in Vienna. And uh, on the way, he went to Berlin to see, for a few uh, days, to see what was going on there, I guess. And on his way in Berlin, he went to all the clinics, the hospitals, to see maybe he knows someone there and he could be Makai Mitzvah Biker Chaylem. And Ashkoch had it that uh, there was one time he actually met one of his friends there. And he told him that, uh, you know, I came to visit you. And this person was so emotional that this guy came to visit him. It actually helped him get better. He started to listen to the doctors. I guess he had given up. And he felt a little better. He started listening to the doctors. And he saw if the chash of a rav, he's so important, came to visit him. So he has to work on himself to help himself get better. Now, Rav Zusmanowitz writes, Amarti Benafshi, I said to myself, Begeshes Lusadr Ksavov, um... When I'm coming to arrange his writings, I'm going to call it Zera Yitzchak, the children of Yitzchak. Ki Sefer Zeb, because this Sefer, Levachu Pri, did not only the fruits, it's also the children of the Tzaddik. Mimenu Nechsem Esharim, Arkama Yishtatif Simcha, He Shal Mitzvah. Why is it called the children of the Tzaddik? Usually a person's Torah is like his fruits. These are the things he produced. He says, because we'll see here, and it was well known, that this Sadiq Reb Chaim Yitzchak always tried his hardest to be a part of a Simcha Shal Mitzvah. Bechol Siyam Shal Chevra, in those days, they used to have groups. Chevra Shas, Chevra Mishnayas, Chevra this, Chevra that. Groups would learn together. And he would make sure to be at every Siyam. Um, and he would be so happy in their Simcha. And he would say Torah <coughs> with all types of 
tzitzim and prachim, all types of beautiful things to try to be mechavev, to make uh, beloved to the people, the people who are learning their Mishnayis and their Gemara, and to be mechazek, the groups, that they should continue. So he says, those groups are still here. Those are his children. The mitzvahs and the Torah that all these groups got from his chizuk, those are his children. So when I'm writing over his jirashas, which is many of them talking about his chizuk he gave to these chevras and these siyumim, those are really his zera, those are his children as well, because those are still here, they're Idenu chai, those people and groups are still here. Now his brother writes, we have um, writings from him, chidushe Torah, pilpul, tshuvas, psakim, ksavim, all types of things, he says, but my brother told me while he was alive that the first thing he wanted to print was his drushes, the drush. Now between me and you, the drushes themselves are not just like, I'm uh, sukim, there's a lot of um, halacha to them and tarot to them that he brings it back to the drush. But um, these were his drushes. Now, Rabbi Yosef Zuzmanowitz writes the following thing. He says, if this guy in Rabbi Yitzchak is going to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with tears, I didn't leave any children in this world. So Hashem will answer it to him. He will get his answer from Hashem. Don't cry. Your great kindness in Taira. The languages of Rashi and the Marsha which were just on your lips. And your great and lofty actions that were holy and pure. Between your person and his creator. And that you did with Mesiris Nefesh all of your days. That's even better than children. And those are the fruits of what you left over. Hashem would say to him, Don't worry, Reb Chaim Yitzchak. Chavivi, my beloved one. Your fruits, your delicious fruits, are sprouting in the in the vineyard of Hashem Abayz Yisrael, and through you, Kla Yisrael will become glorified. <coughs> this is what Hashem would answer to this great guy. And like it says on his Matseva, as we read before, Nachal Shoitev, he was a raging river. Vishas Bavli Yishalmi Safrasi Free Rishainim Akrainim Raidiv Stokavakhesed of Rachom Lukal Ish Tsaru Matsuk. He was a a merciful father for all person any person who was any type of situation and it continued as we said the Miyasid of Tatyavna um Bikrchailim and Gamilas Khasadim. That's what it says on his um on his Matseva. Um, his brother writes, and I could be made in his bekiyas and what he knew that at sometimes he would he would call shahaya bedicha. He would be in a good mood. He would tell a bunch of people. He'd say, anyone who wants to take a gemara, any gemara in shas, everyone take one and go to a different corner of the base medrash, and each one of you should read out a line from the taisvis at the end of the amud. And he, the first one, read it out, and he would tell him exactly which Reb Chaim would say, which Masechta, Daf, and Amut, and then the next one, and it would be like uh, like um, firing at him the last line of Taisus on the Amud, and he would be able to say it um, one after the next. 
um, rapidly tell you which daf it was. That was his great Bikiyas. And this is the great Reb Chaim Yitzchak Silman, whose yard site was on, um, on Friday. And I just want to say over, uh, with another minute or two, another Dvar Torah from his Friday night, I actually said, from his Sefer, a Dvar Torah. And I want to say one more Dvar Torah today from Simon Yod Aleph. He said, in Nesim Mishnayis on Seder Nezikin, in the new base Medrash of Yanov in Tafresh Pei Gimel, so 1923, that was after he came back and he rebuilt things. And the last Mishnah in, in, in Harius in, in Nezikin, talks about um, that a Kayan comes before a Levi, a Levi comes before a Yisrael, and so on and so forth, that when it comes to things of honor or um, things like that, we this is the hierarchy of Kla Yisrael. But the, the, uh, the, the Mishnah says famously, that's all when everybody's equal. But if you have a Mamzer who's a Tamachacham, someone who was born from an illegitimate union, a Mamzer, he's a Tamachacham, and you have a Kayan Gadol, a high priest who's an Amaretz, the Mamzer Tamachachan comes before him. Even though in the list, the Kayan comes long before the Mamzer. Why, says the Gemara, uh, I'm sorry, it says that, says the Mishnah. And we learn this from Apostle, says the Gemara, Yekara hi mipninim. Taira is more precious, mipninim. Pninim means pearls, but the Gemara Darshans from the Kayan Gadol who went lifnai velifnim into the Kaidish HaKadoshim who's in the inside of the inside. And that's the Gemara in Horius. Now, Reb Chaim Yitzchak says, L'chaira, from this Pasuk, all you see is that the Torah is more precious than the Kayin Gadol. How do you know the Tamil Chacham is more precious than the Kayin Gadol? Now, Derech Agav, Sunday night in Philadelphia, was the Adire HaTayra event of his Medrash Kavaya, and Rabbi Swerdloff, the Rashiva Patterson, spoke, and I was listening to it, and he asked this question. He mamish asked the same question. I said, oh, I just saw a vart from Chaim Yitzhak Silman on this question. And he says, you see from here that Tamachacham is not just someone who learns Torah. Tamachacham becomes, the, gets the Kedusha as a Torah. He gets, he's like a Tashmish Kedusha. He is like the Klaf. He is like the parchment of the Sefer Torah that has Kedusha to it. It gets the Kedusha itself, and that's a Tamachacham. And therefore, if the Torah is more precious than the Kayin Gadol, so the Tamachacham who gets that Kedusha as a Torah, he also is more precious than the Kayin Gadol himself. And he just says, and he ends off a very interesting thing, and he says, this is the Hakdama to Seder Kachim, the last mission in Ezekiel, you move on to Kachim. Because a person could say to himself, why should I learn Kachim? I'm not a Kayin, so when the Beis Hamikdash comes, I'm not going to be able to bring Karbanas. And today, there's no Karbanas anyways. So why should I learn Kachim? So he says, I'll tell you. Because you could have a person who's a Talmud Chacham, a person who's a Talmud Chacham, when it comes to, let's say a person brings a carbon, there's two halves to bring a carbon. The person obligated to bring the carbon has to bring the animal to the base Hamikdash. He gives it to the Kayan. The Kayan takes over from there and he does the actual bringing of the carbon. The owner has nothing to do with it anymore. There's two halves to it. A Yisrael will never be able to bring the carbon. But Bizman Azeh, we don't have a base Hamikdash. So Chazal tells us anyone who learns about a carbon, Kilu Hikriv, it's if he brought it. That means I could be a Yisrael, and if I learn about a Chatos, it is not just as if I brought my carbon to the Beis Hamikdash. I was actually the one who was makriv the carbon. I could do the Kayan's job. So a Tamachacham, Bizman Hazeh, has a Maila over a Kayan. Because not only does he learn about the Torah of the carbon, it's as if he actually brought the Torah, actually brought the carbon. A Kayan today cannot bring any carbonus.
So there's four, says Reb Chaim Yitzchak. That's why the Gemara tells us at the end here, a mamzer tamlechacham is greater than a kain gadol amaretz. Because a kain gadol today, even if he's a person who could have been the kain gadol, but if he's amaretz today, there's no base hamigdash. What is he doing? He's not doing any avoda. He's not doing anything. So a kain gadol zamaretz, he's nothing. To, he has no job. But the mamzer Talmud Chacham, he might be a mamzer, but today, when there's no Beis HaMikdash, when he learns about Karbanas, it's not only as if he takes the carbon and brings it, that he's obligated to the Beis HaMikdash, he actually does the Hakrava. So therefore, that's the Maila Bizman Hazeh, that a mamzer Talmud Chacham has over a Kayin Gadol, Am Haaretz. And therefore, he says, that's why the last Mishnah tells us this. Because when you finish Nezikin, and you move on to Kachim, you'll say, what do I need to learn this for? I'm not a Kayin, what's the point? No, the last Mishnah tells you, look, Bizman Hazeh, the Tamil is greater than the Kayin Gadol Amaretz. The Tamil is able to actually bring Karbanas today through his learning. And this is what we saw that Rev Zusman was said, that at the, at the Siyumim, not only did he try to be Mechavev, the Limud, he tried to encourage them and show them how important it was. So you see in this drasha, and there's more to the drasha, very gishmaka things, but you see in this drasha, as they finished the zikin, he was trying to be ma'ira them and to get them excited about kachim. Say, why are you learning kachim? No! The Mishnah is telling you, move on to kachim bizman hazeh, kilu hikri of karbanas. This is the great Ruchai Nitzchak Silman, one of the great rabbonim, niktaf bidmeyamav. He was nifter, assuming he was born in 1877, as they said, and he was nifter in the year of 1930, so he was all of 53 years old, 53 years old, did not leave over um, any children, as we said, Nikta Vidmeyamov, he did not leave over any children, and um, it should be a schus for him, it should be a schus for his neshama, that we're learning about him, saying some Torah from him, and if anyone out there in, uh, hears this shir, and has any connection to him, please reach out to me, I would love to, mo- to, to know more about him, know someone from his family perhaps, Yisrael, and have a wonderful day, everybody. Late Cult. Friday afternoon, I did find in a sefer a picture of him at a Rabbanim's meeting in Lithuania in Tuf Reish Tzadi in 1930. So he was Nifter 1930 in Sivan. So this was um, a few months earlier. Um, <coughs> might have been the end of 1929. And um, he's next to Reb Zalman Bloch from Tells. At the same table, there are about eight Rabbanim in the picture, the Dvar Avram, the Kav Narav was there, um, Rav Bengis was there, it was about a year or two before he went up to Eretz Yisrael, so he was clearly from the Chashev Rabbanim, together with the great Chashev Rabbanim of Lithuania. This is the great Reb Chaim Yitzhak Silman, Schuso Yogin Aleinu Vakal Yisrael, Kaltov everyone.